0: In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win!
1: You know what time it is.
0: The most amazing, sensational,
1: dramatic.
0: another episode of the sports hour this is mitch mo
1: and this is daddy d mitch that scared me a little bit are, are you are you okay i'm just feeling good baby <laughs> Woo! clearly that was intense that was, i i did not expect that
0: it, uh, it, was, it was i know it was pretty intense <laughs> it was up there
1: oh man mitch why why are you so excited I don't know.
0: I'm just in a good <laughs> mood, man. I'm
1: just in a great mood. You don't know. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> it's I'm it is Wednesday, with, my dudes.
0: I'm sitting <laughs> It's Wednesday, my dudes. I'm sitting here with my best buddy and, I, who? and we're going to we're going to talk
1: sports. Who's Who? Who, yeah. Oh! Oh! Yo! Oh! Old, oh. Da- old Daddy D! Oh, sick man! Old Daddy D. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out here in Utah. The sun is shining. The mountains are full of snow. It's 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 just a, a pleasant day, and we've got snow in the forecast for Christmas, which just makes it all better because you gotta have a white Christmas. And uh, one of the perks of Utah is we can get that. So it's uh, it, you know, oh, we are all in good spirits right now. <laughs> yeah, we, are. Stop, we making, are. stop making fun of me. I don't appreciate it. S- sorry. <laughs> Listen, guys, we've got a great episode ahead for you today. Uh, week 15 of the NFL season is come and gone. Yep. We have a, a more a clearer version of what the playoff picture will look like as of this last week. And also some question marks still lingering. Uh, we also have... The Pro Bowl rosters announced, uh, I believe, yesterday. So Mitch and I are going to go over those, talk about you know what we liked, what we didn't like, who was snubbed, who we are glad made it, and then, of course, our quick picks. And, guys, it is a tight race going into the last two weeks. It is It's a little nerve-wracking. Tighter,
0: tighter than that hairline you're going to have. It's all, all and done, bud. Uh,
1: we'll find out. But... Uh, uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anywho, let's uh let's start this thing off with uh the most important meal of the day, Mitch. What is that? Serving it up, Daddy D's way. <laughs> it's time for the news. Let's get it on the news. <laughs> oh, yeah! All right, well, that's not that's, yes. yes, we are. We are so ready for this, guys. Uh, ironically enough, the only NFL news we have is all about quarterbacks. Uh, none uh, super noteworthy, but we're gonna go over this real quick, uh, to 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 prepare you for the rest yep. of this NFL season. So starting off, this uh was found out last week after we recorded, so you probably already know, but Carson Wentz is out with a broken vertebrae. He is done for the season. He's not playing another game of football this NFL season. So Big Dick Nick comes in on Sunday and gets the huge win against the Rams. So Mitch. The question for you is one, can the, can the Eagles pull off the miracle run that they made last year with Nick Foles at the QB? And secondly, what does this mean for Carson Wentz if they make a deep playoff run? Uh, you know,
0: it's not out of the question. They're a half game back in the wild card, full game back in the division with two weeks left. We've seen Nick Foles do it before. I'm not counting them out.
1: You can't I'm ca- at this point. I'm, I'm, ca- <laughs> I'm
0: counting them very much in it, actually. I mean, they are very much in it. And so, yeah. Why Why not? Why yeah. not? Now, in, in a wild card situation, am I more scared of them or the Seahawks? The Seahawks, by right. far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Eagles with Nick Foles. We've seen the magic happen before. What's to say they can't do it again when Big Dick Nick pulls out his big you-know-what <laughs> and starts going
1: ham on the rest of the league? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who we, knows? We really don't. And that's the thing. I mean, you look at this team. This is the team that won the Super Bowl last year. So they obviously have that uh, experience, and they also have that confidence. You know, you know what I mean? You, if, if you're making the playoffs or you're this team, you got to have confidence. You're like, we did this last year. We've been here. We can do it again. Uh, and that's right. going to be a tough matchup. Uh, for any team, I, this is really, the wild card, you know, we're assuming Dallas wins the division, right? The wild card is really a three-team race now between the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Eagles. The The Redskins, despite the fact that they're 7-7, seven and seven, uh, w- with with Josh Johnson as the quarterback, there's absolutely no way in hell they make the playoffs. And the Panthers at 6-8 are eliminated, so it really is those three teams, which gives... Uh, the Eagles, like you said, a very good chance. I I don't know what it means about Carson Wentz. Uh, I just know that I love Nick Foles, and this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in sports, that this guy can just come in at the end of seasons and just win games when it matters. It's awesome. It's great. It's awesome, and I love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye and, You know what? And it doesn't say – too much about Carson Wentz. Like, let's just make this very clear. It doesn't say that Carson Wentz is not as good as Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles deserves a starting look um, in the future. Uh, But Carson Wentz needs to get healthy, um, and he needs to figure out these injury deals. And so... For sure, um, for sure. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, I think some, some news that we've been expecting for a while, and... We're now starting to get this news. Uh, Joe Flacco, not expected to be back with the Ravens in 2019. This is via Ian Rapoport um, of NFL Network. Um, uh, Obviously, this is because the Ravens are moving on to Lamar Jackson and seeing how great of a fit he is um, in that system with John Harbaugh, with uh, the the offense that they're running. and so it's time to move on from Joe Flacco. I think they were kind of holding on to the whole old 2012 run that they had when they went to the the uh, Super Bowl against the Niners that year and won it um in the Harbaugh bowl. So it's it's time to move on from Joe Flacco. I don't think this is the end of Flacco's career. I think he'll wind up somewhere. Um I could there's there's a couple places I could see him winding up. Um I could see Arizona as a potential landing spot. I could see Jacksonville as a potential landing spot. I see Jacksonville better than anyone else because they'll need something. If what they if, don't if they if they don't go draft a guy they'll need someone. What about uh, Flack,
1: What about Washington? Cuz now Alex sure. Smith we don't know when or yeah, if you'll play again? So
0: yeah, his playing future is kind of up you, in the air. You know,
1: that might be a team that doesn't have a young quarterback to plug in now. That that may look for a, a veteran presence. So yeah, I, absolutely, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think Flacco is going to have a job. He'll he'll be all right. I I think this is probably the best case scenario for the Ravens: drafting Lamar Jackson with the thirty-second pick in the first round, allowing Flacco to start the first half of the season, and then. You know, with the injury to Flacco, Lamar Jackson comes in, plays well enough that now they can definitively say before the season's even over, this is our guy. And now they can take the whole offseason with the draft and free agency knowing Lamar Jackson is our guy. We're building an offense around him. We're building our team around him. And they know that. And I think that's the most valuable thing out of this is now they they know and they feel confident that this is our guy moving forward. When you draft him with the 32nd pick in the first round, you don't know that. But you hope that by the end of this season, you do. So this is best case scenario for the Ravens. And I'm excited for their future. I, I really enjoy watching Lamar Jackson. I think he's an explosive talent. And if used properly, I think he can be a very powerful weapon in the NFL.
0: So so something that kind of I've been thinking about, about this is Joe Flacco, when he does leave Baltimore at the end of this year, it's going to be a tough market for him. Not that there's a lot of competition of guys who are looking for quarterbacks. It's that I'll, we're in a weird time in the NFL right now where a lot of teams have quarterbacks. Absolutely. Like there's either established quarterbacks or quarterbacks
1: that are – projects that they're already invested in. right these young and so, early draft pick quarterbacks
0: and so really jet uh, like you said with washington and jacksonville really are the only two viable options cincinnati to right off the bat cincinnati i don't uh,
1: we talked about andy dalton well, are going they gonna move the on season, from, are, you know if they if they move on they gonna on move on from, from andy dalton? From dalton i mean possibly right i mean but yeah they're you're about ra- the same age you're right i Dalton's mean, a little younger there's not there's just not a lot of te- yeah we saw that when you're getting five quarterbacks drafted last season in the first round we see that these quarterback hungry teams have pretty much filled their spaces and there are very right. few teams that don't have yeah like you said that established starter or a young quarterback they're trying to build around so I, he'll still find a job but yeah i mean it's not there's not gonna be like six teams calling him it might be just two or three.
0: Yeah, and I the only other one other than those two that we've already mentioned is probably Tampa Bay because I'm not mm, sure Jameis Winston, yeah, James yeah. Winston has done enough to solidify his starting role going into next year. They might be willing to move on for that and I don't think they're going to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, right. that might be another option for him. Um but like yeah, like we've been like we've been saying, you know, there a lot of guys are filled up, even the Lions who are not a good team, have a good quarterback. Yeah, Matt Madison Stafford's Stafford, a good quarterback. One of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Um, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the Packers are not going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. That's a guy you just don't move on from until he's 40-something. They're, Matt Ryan, I don't think they're ready to move on from him in Atlanta. So,
1: you know, I yeah, there's, there's, there's very limited yeah, options. Very, very limited option for sure. So we'll keep an eye on him going into uh, next season. Yeah, absolutely. So. Guys, we have the best news in the world, the GOAT, the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time at throwing interceptions, has a job! He's there! he got job! He's no term. longer homeless, he is employed, and guess what, guys, in true 2018 NFL meme fashion, the most memeable team of the year, and the laughingstock in the NFL, just had to be the team to sign him, and it's the Oakland Raiders, John Gruden, yes, with the power moves, trading Khalil Mack, trading Amari Cooper. Signing Nathan Peterman, the worst quarterback of all time. It is truly a beautiful thing.
0: It's absolutely beautiful. Now he's only on the practice squad. And I have a theory about this. Uh, I think John Gruden signed Nate Peterman to the practice squad. So that he's playing scout team quarterback against the defense. And makes his defense look so good that he doesn't feel so bad about his shitty defense.
1: <laughs> I love it. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. It does, right? <laughs> He's like, "Hey, like, we look. picked him off four times yeah. in practice. Khalil who? we don't need him. We got this." Yeah, exactly. And then they get toasted by, you know, like Case Keenum or something, you know. <laughs> but Yeah. That's that's I, you know funny. What, that's funny. You know
0: what? It doesn't make a difference. So the Raiders are probably going to go 13 and or, or 3 and 13, um yeah. which ironically will be Nathan Peterman's touchdown to interception ratio show <laughs> in, well, two in two games in two games <laughs> um so oh yeah. man guys it's not like the holler
1: a, you gotta love it but he's our favorite player he's
0: our favorite oh absolutely player my favorite NFL hour.
1: player and and in a true a true uh a true idol for the sports hour honestly I
0: just want a Nate Peterman jersey
1: so bad dude can we can we get they better make a Raiders Nathan Peterman jersey I would maybe oh, buy that but only the practice
0: squad jersey so it's like mesh
1: and it's red colored <laughs> red colored for the says a number 2 peterman that's it right that's all it is <sighs> oh my gosh i would wear that i would wear that frequently i'd wear it out i'd wear it out all the time that's amazing with nothing underneath so the mesh shows your nothing nipples.
0: underneath nipples coming through the little <laughs> mesh holes got yeah. to love it
1: got to love it guys all right, uh, Mitch. What's the last bit of news? Yeah, oh, we're gonna go wait, talk about like, your second. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah,
0: we're gonna go to your second favorite quarterback, uh, Cam Newton's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, this is following last few weeks. He's obviously had a shoulder problem. He's he's got some sort of injury in there, and they. Um, need to go take a look at it he needs to rest they need to fix whatever is wrong with his shoulder so yeah you know, a good solid move they're not making the playoffs they're six and eight right now they have a one percent chance of making the playoffs according to fpi and so it's it's just they're they're not making the playoffs might as well sit them and rest up uh the face of your franchise
1: yeah you know if you saw him if you watch that game on monday night i don't think he attempted a pass over 20 yards and there was a reason yeah, for that. Ugly. I mean, Cam Camp doesn't throw a lot of deep passes, but he, he it's part of the part of his game and part of the offense. The fact that he didn't, you you know that that shoulders off, and he missing wide open throws that he he ha, he doesn't miss. And in fact, this is the highest his completion percentage has been in his entire career this season. So he's, he's not been, he's not historically a an elite passer. No, no, and he's never been. But like I said, this is his best. Accurate most accurate season ever as an NFL quarterback. And so right. when you watch him on Monday night, you're like, wait, what? And so obviously something's wrong. They're six and eight. I said this last week. I said if they beat the Saints at home on Monday night, they need to go for broke and get to 9-7 and, and get that playoff spot. They need to just like do everything in their power to get it. If they lose, they need to just guarantee that they lose the last two games and go six and ten. That that's that's the key. So in order to lose your last two games, the best thing you could do is bench Cam Newton. So I I love it six and ten. Let's get it a top ten draft pick maybe. And uh I yeah I'm at this point. What else What else is there You know What else is there I'm a Bears yeah, fan yeah. now. So for the rest of the season. Hey, at a boy. Yeah, man. Did you, did you tell your old man that yet? I did? I did. He texted me. uh saying something about my panthers and i was like i don't really care anymore i'm a bears fan now so yeah at a boy just for the rest Urlacher, of the season just for the rest of the season. jersey that might well hey might if they make yeah. the super bowl i'll wear the Urlacher jersey well i'm
0: wearing i'm wearing a bears jersey the super bowl anyway so i got an extra one you could
1: wear there you go i love it i'll wear it
0: i'll yeah. wear it
1: absolutely I'll you love, get rid of that great. cam newton crap uh, no excuse it. me see I'll, I'll still bring it but you know Maybe we underneath bridge. underneath my Bears jersey. <laughs> that's just too many layers. What am I thinking? You just rip it off halfway through. Let's go! I picked the Panthers <laughs> to win. Oh, um, man. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's about it for the NFL news. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Get, let's, uh, let's talk about some NBA, Mr. NBA expert. Yes, uh, the NBA expert himself, Woj's uh, nephew, D- d- daddy d just kidding um oh, nephew. Yeah. i'm like the prodigy you know i'm like the, the, the your whole head. family's full of weird
0: names huh daddy d wojanowski yeah
1: yeah guys so uh real quick i just want to go over something uh beautiful that happened last week so i believe this was last wednesday there was a trade in place the Suns have been trying to shop trevor ariza he's a veteran uh a great player especially off the bench. Uh, a lot of teams were vying for him. The Lakers, uh, I believe the Pistons, the Jazz had interest. Uh, there, there was a market for him for sure. And the Suns ended up trading him or attempting to trade him to the Washington Wizards. Now, the trade was in place Wednesday night. Ariza goes to the Wizards. They, The Wizards trade Ubre to Memphis, and then they trade Austin Rivers to the Suns, and then Memphis trades Wayne Selden and who they believe to be Marshawn Brooks to the Suns. Now... The, the problem with this trade was that uh, the Suns believed they were getting not Marshawn Brooks, but Dylan Brooks, the young player out of Oregon who played really well as a rookie and has a lot of potential. And because both these teams were communicating through the Wizards in this trade, it was not clear to either team which Brooks was being traded. And within an hour after being announced as a done deal, the trade was nixed because of the miscommunication because mm. which brooks was it that's what everybody wanted to know it honestly it's hilarious it's it's a laughable thing like like in 2018 uh, we can have miscommunications on trades so you probably think like you would think then they're just thrown around the last name like
0: they're not they're not signifying which brooks it is oh yeah they were like yeah we'll give like, you and then
1: you'll get rivers selden and brooks and they're like yeah cool Great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we'll take Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah. no!
0: Wait. You meant Marshawn. Right. No, we don't want Marshawn Brooks. <laughs> yeah. You would think that communication would be better. And I think I put that on the team that would be getting Brooks, which would be, or the team, or who would be getting Brooks? In that that suns, I get The, suns. It's, it's the, the suns. suns. it's on the Suns.
1: It's on the Suns for yeah. For, uh, uh, for assuming asking. they were going to get Dylan Brooks and right. and not yeah clarifying that. But either yeah. way. Uh, a trade still occurred between the Suns and the Wizards. Uh, the Suns did trade Ariza to the Wizards. They got Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre in return. They then uh, released Austin Rivers, so he is now a free agent, free to sign with anybody. And uh, so basically, this, this is an Ariza for Oubre swap. And honestly, that's a really bad trade. Uh, for the Wizards, a great trade for the Suns because they just got rid of a an older player that does n- not a lot for them in their rebuild for a young player at his same position with a lot of potential. And the Wizards, who are a bottom four seed, probably a bottom two seed in the East, now get a veteran player that helps, like, a little but like this isn't going to push them to compete with the the Bucks and the Raptors and the Celtics and the Sixers and like it's not going to they're not going to Trevor Reza doesn't do that for them. So why take on the expiring contract? Why trade away a young player? It makes it makes no sense to me. So right. a, a weird trade. Very weird. Very very weird trade. But obviously yeah. the best offer for the Suns cuz right. I know I know the Lakers have talked about KCP and like maybe a draft pick. Uh, I don't know what well, the, we, the jazz had in mind, but th- this is obviously the best trade.
0: Yeah, it it, it doesn't make sense. Like we, we had talked about this earlier. Um, if the Wiz were really looking to punt on the season, they'd be trying to get draft picks instead of getting a 31 year old Trevor Ariza. Right, a
1: veteran player. Yeah, so <laughs> not so the they move. must
0: they must still think that they are a playoff contender. Um, That's what's when funny really here. they're sitting at 12 Honestly. and 19, and 11th in the <laughs> East. Know. In a, in an East where like, really you could lock up the top six teams right now. They're really fighting for the last two seeds right there.
1: Right. I mean, and that's that. It, yeah, it's it's a weird move. It, it's it doesn't make any sense. Weird. But great for the Suns. So that's uh, that is that. I was really hoping he'd end up with the Jazz or the Lakers. Uh, but uh, good for the Suns. Got a good deal out of it. So guys, let's uh let let's let's bring back America's new favorite segment with the male demographic between 18 and 29 years old this is daddy's favorites daddy's favorites and uh guys you <laughs> <Ew. laughs> trying to what make was it that? It, was, it was beautiful guy I, that was I a, guess there
0: was an awkward breath at the end that's that was,
1: I know that was that was the point Mitch
0: oh, okay um <laughs> That's going to take some getting used to. That's going to take some getting used to.
1: Uh, Guys, I got some great ones this week. Uh, One of my least favorite players in the NBA, James Harden, uh, last year's MVP. Uh, Listen, I just think he gets way too many foul calls, and I hate how he plays the game. But anywho, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, Against the Lakers last week, he had a triple-double, 50 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. He became the number one player with the most – 50 point triple doubles in nba history so that's pretty crazy because triple doubles are hard enough to come by 50 point games are hard enough to come by the fact that you combine those enough times to be number one on the list is pretty cool so congrats to the beard uh the mvp james harden i i still don't love him but i think that's a really cool stat yeah
0: i i can't stand james harden either so i'm i'm with you on that one um he looks so crappy when he tries to get those foul calls from, like, beyond the three, and he, like, It's so gross. And, it's, it's so it's gross. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like, the man should be fined when he does that. It's it's almost – it's borderline bad for the league. Oh, I, I would
1: argue. Uh, this, you know what? But. Actually,
0: it's not borderline. <laughs> it's, it is bad for the league. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'm not going to be unpartial on my, on my opinions anymore. It's bad for the league. It makes the NBA look bad,
1: and it's – it makes people want to turn the game off. It does. Yep, absolutely. So uh, you suck, James Harden. I'm just kidding. But congrats, you suck. On, congrats on the 50 point triple double thing. That's cool. All I right, uh, cool. let's right. talk about the eventual MVP for this season, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. the Greek freak himself, Superman in the NBA in the win against the Calves. Had a great little stat line here. 44 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. That tied his career high in points. I just love what he's doing. I love how the Bucks look, and he continues to just dominate. Just dominate, and I love it, and I just wanted to, to point it out this week.
0: I'll tell you, if he if he learns to shoot better from beyond the arc,
1: this will be the best player in the NBA. In, in, in the history of the sport... Like, I mean, if Giannis better, could hit better threes— Better than LeBron. Better I, I, than LeBron, if, better than Michael. I, if, LeB- if Giannis could hit threes, he would literally be like that created player you made when you were 12 years old on, like, NBA 2K that was 7 foot and had, like, a 9-foot wingspan and also shot threes like like Steph Curry and can also got, dunk on people. Like, like he, it's, like, literally, like, that would be it, you know? <laughs> I mean, literally, right now, he's got Shaq size
0: with LeBron athleticism. If he could just learn to shoot the ball, it, he'd be he'd be KD times ten. I
1: mean, yeah, un- unreal. He'd be un- KD. <laughs> if KD had like a shack, a more shack sized body because KD yeah has that K- ability. KD's a skinny but, guy, he- but yeah, but he's a stick. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it is pretty awesome. I love yeah. I love me some Giannis, uh, and I'll talk about him every week if I have to. So uh, and uh, the last the last little bit um Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball Ball made the list this week uh in a win against Charlotte last week he had uh a triple double his first of this season uh 16 points 10 rebounds 10 assists LeBron James also had a triple double in the game they are the first pair of teammates in the NBA to have triple doubles in the same game since Jason Kidd and Vince Carter back in 2007 nice That's a pretty cool thing. They're also the first Lakers pair to have a triple-doubles in a game since Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow, so that's a uh, pretty good company there. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really cool. I, I, I think he, you could see him he had the injury in the off season. Uh he started off slow, but you could see him kind of gearing back up. he's playing a lot better he's shooting the ball better um and and the the the, the playmaking ability of him and LeBron together I think is great and it's something LeBron has never had. He's never had that with another with another teammate a guy that was right. this good at at, at 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 being the playmaker alongside LeBron. So, I, I think it's great. I love what Lonzo's doing and I wanted to give him a little well, shout out there.
0: I think he did have it. He just did not appreciate it.
1: Who? He, he had Kyrie. Well, okay, Kyrie's a great a great point guard, but he's not that. He's not a he's not a playmaker like that. And that's not his he MO. He outplayed he outplayed LeBron in that finals. That's great, but I'm not talking about him as a player I'm talking about his ability to find open teammates to create offense to create open shot like that's what Lonzo does that's his mo is I'm great at passing the ball and I'm gonna find okay, guys. okay so he's Ky- never had a he's never had a true point guard then that's what I, yeah a playmaker that's what I mean by playmaker not a Steve, not, not a Steve yeah. Nash John Stockton yeah type. It, it, that kind of point guard he's never played with that he had Kyrie he had Dwayne Wade those guys are and Dwayne Wade's a shooting guard but like those are those are score first guards and LeBron right. became, you know, the the point forward, the point guard. But he has now a point guard, a, an actual point guard, and a good one in Lonzo. So I think it's fun to watch them together.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I think Lonzo is as close as we're going to get to another true point guard for a while. So I, it's 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 refreshing to watch. Actually, as much as he may get negative publicity because of you know the exposure that the rest of his family gets, he, he's actually. Re- refreshing to watch as a player
1: absolutely yeah and And he's great at defense he's great he's like literally i i I saw the stat Uh, on like advanced statistics he's like one of the top three or five guards in defense this season yeah so a a very well-rounded player so andy
0: and you know what because basketball i think is so much so much more involved in social media than any other sport right now um he handles himself very well and that's what something that sticks out to me about him is he just he handles himself very well he doesn't he's not controversial as his father and his two younger brothers might be um he handles himself very well and just goes about his business and i appreciate that about good to see
1: yeah it's it's very good to see so all right guys that has been daddy's favorites and uh now we can move on so we're moving on huh yeah 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 let's let's uh we have we have some baseball news
0: yeah we got a little bit um let's go start with the most recent let's go recent and work back um this was as of today uh michael brantley has agreed to a two-year contract with the houston astros um this is coming off his stint or his really where he started his career in cleveland with the indians um this is a a great signing by the Astros, I think. It makes them that much stronger. If this team already wasn't strong enough, they just signed an outstanding outfielder um, with a great bat and uh, a great great defensively, uh, pairing him up with George Springer, um, I think is going to be an outstanding move for them. And I think probably give Josh Reddick a good break. I, th- I could see Michael Brantley probably more in a platoon role than an everyday starter. Um, him and Josh Reddick um, really... Trading off time there but it's uh i think a good move for the astros getting a very solid player in michael brantley uh lance lynn has signed a three-year contract with the texas rangers now he broke out and became a very solid pitcher with the st louis cardinals um he is now uh, a member of the texas rangers a team that desperately needed starting pitching um one of the worst in major in the majors last year in starting pitching um, and this would be a great guy to add to the top half of that rotation um typically a three or four guy um, but I think in that rotation he probably will be a two um, um. so a, a good addition for the Texas Rangers um, Matt Adams has agreed to terms with the washington nationals he'll be coming back there for a one year on a one year contract um Wilson Ramos catcher has agreed formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays and the Washington Nationals before the Rays, has agreed to a two-year contract with the New York Mets. Uh, the Mets obviously has struggled um, at the catcher position over the last few years um, after Travis Darno not really working out um, in that organization. Uh, adding a guy like Wilson Ramos will be a great, oh, and Anthony Record, another guy that didn't really work out in that Mets organization. A great addition for the New York Mets. Um, they also agreed to terms with Rajay Davis, outfielder, on a minor league contract. Um, uh, all probably the big one for me is uh, the Yankees agreeing to a terms with J.A. Hap on a two year contract. Um, they need the good yo- the good lefty, not young, but they need yeah. the good lefty. C. <laughs> uh, C. Sabathia is much older than J. A. Happ, and so um, to have to add a guy like Hap into that rotation, I think is going to be a, an outstanding move for them. Um, and so uh,
1: good good move for the Yanks, getting him on a two-year deal. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some of the, I guess you call these middle, middle-tier MLB moves, right? These aren't the big names. These aren't little guys either. They can have impacts on teams. And, you know, we're looking at teams pushing for the playoffs. The Astros, the Yankees, the Mets, who have made many trades. Uh, the Rangers kind of getting in the mix here. I, I think these are all... Good moves, smart moves, and we're going to see more of these types of moves going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think until we see the big names come off the board, this is what we're going to see. Because there's not really, there's kind of a big gap between the top guys on the free agent market and everyone else. There's kind of a big gap between Harper Machado and everyone else. Well, that's because
1: we actually have some very big guys at the top, you know, it's really rare to have not only one, but two guys like at that level, uh, free as free agents. So exactly. Yeah. 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 It's pretty significant. So, all right, we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys updated, uh, for when the Dodgers get both Corey Kluber and Bryce Harper. So that'll be nice. And, uh, yeah, (sighs) Yeah, <laughs> that's uh. All right, guys. That is that is about it for the MLB. Now let's move on to the Pro Bowl rosters. So Pro Bowl <laughs> revealed their selections yesterday. Uh, uh, of course, there are always snubs, right? And we will get into yes our snubs and and what a lot of people see as some of the snubs. Uh, but let us start by talking about. Uh, the, the good picks, uh, the guys that we are that we are happy about. Um, the ones we are glad made it. So, Mitch, uh, let's start with the AFC. Let's start with the offense. Okay, All who, right. who stuck out to you from that that side of the list? I am so happy Philip
0: Rivers is in. I mean, Ooh. this guy is deserving. Um, uh, what an outstanding season from Philip Rivers at his age. Where we see a lot of quarterbacks his age starting to regress, and he puts up a strong year like that. Um, a great job. Uh, another one I thought was kind of cool: the brothers Marquise and Mike Pouncy make both being selected for the center position. So one brother's going to have to back up the other. I don't know what's what way <laughs> it's going to go. But, um, that one, uh, Quentin Nelson, was another one: the rookie guard from uh, Indianapolis. Really like seeing him in. And then James Conner, I think, is the the feel good. Um, Obviously, his story of beating cancer, um, being drafted late by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then now being a Pro Bowler Um, a a great story for him. But so, I mean, those are guys that stuck out for me. Eric Ebron's another one, Um, a guy that's kind of been a journeyman. So, uh, yeah, that's.
1: Well, you stole them all. Thanks. Oh, sorry about that. It's like all the. I got nothing else to add. I just agree, I guess. I'm sorry. I <laughs> stop, thought you were going to have stop, be, stop being so greedy, Mitch. I'm just kidding. No, yeah. I... <laughs> Yes, you literally named, like, literally all the guys I was going to name. But that's cool. Uh, We'll just just tone it down a little bit in the future. But uh, Quentin Nelson was the main one I wanted to talk about. Uh, Rookie guard, the sixth pick out of the draft. I loved that the Colts drafted him, committed to protecting Andrew Luck, and he has paid off, really anchored a very good offensive line for the Colts this year, a well-deserved Pro Bowl selection for the rookie guard. Uh, and 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 the other rookie uh, on this list is uh, Philip Lindsay, the the undrafted rookie. He's he's the first undrafted offensive rookie to ever make a Pro Bowl. So I it's awesome to see. Uh, we'll, we'll get into talking about the running backs a little bit later. But I I think it's cool that he made it out of the out of the AFC running backs. He definitely deserved it, uh, and I think it's a great story. So shout out to Philip Lindsay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go into the defense. Now, I'll let you name all these guys. Then. Oh, thank you. No, I, won't, I took all I, the offense. You I, can won't, take all the defense. I won't
1: name them all. Okay. But <laughs> just, uh, just gonna mention a few guys. Uh, one, uh, the two Browns players, the only two Browns players to make it uh, in the Pro Bowl, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, both making uh, their first Pro Bowls, and Miles Garrett as a starter. at at that alongside J.J. Watt at the the defensive end position I love it we were really high on Miles Garrett coming into this season he has definitely shown that he is a force to be reckoned with I love what I've seen from him Denzel Ward the number four pick by the Browns a controversial pick at that I think a lot of people expected them to go to in a different direction at number four but they picked Denzel Ward and here he is producing and making a Pro Bowl as a rookie Uh, I love the picks I love those picks
0: yeah, abs- uh, yeah, absolutely. We, Like you said, we were very high on Miles Garrett. Um, a potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate is what we talked about, and I think he's still maybe in that talks. Um, I think he's been kind of flushed out by some other guys by now, but um, still um, someone we were very high on making it as a starter. It's hard to beat out JJ Watt for that for that top vote getter. Hard to beat him yeah, out. Yeah. Um <laughs> and the same thing with Denzel Ward, played very, very well. Um probably uh the guy I'm most excited to see here is Derwin James, who was my pick to be defensive player of the year this year. Yeah. And yeah. is looking like he might get it. Um being the starting free safety on this Pro Bowl team. Uh he was the top vote getter over Eric Weddle, who has been a a very solid Pro Bowler over the last few years. Um, but probably the one I'm really excited to see here, um, is Stefan Gilmore Mm, from New England. Um, he's played on some bad teams in, in, uh, Buffalo for a long time. He goes to New England, has a chance to revive his career and makes the most of it, makes a pro bowl. So good for, uh, Stefan Gilmore, uh, getting into the pro
1: bowl. Yeah, for sure. I I completely agree with all those. The Derwin James, super, super cool. Another rookie uh, making a Pro Bowl, which I think is really neat. So let's move over to the NFC. Uh, Let's start with the offense. Uh, Mitch, who were some of the guys that stuck out to you uh, from the selections? Well, I mean, I'll let you –
0: we'll we'll talk about the running backs, like you said, later um, because this running back is – this running back crew is stacked. Stacked, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Beyond belief. I think what's what stuck out to me most obviously I like seeing George Kittle there oh yeah I love seeing George Kittle uh, making a pro bowl Um, I said earlier this year that I would take him over Rob Gronkowski um, and I stick by that I think he is a more valuable option weapon Um, but Aaron Rodgers making it is what stuck out to me and you're probably like well why does that stick out to you he's always in the pro bowl as even when he didn't play all that great this year do you think he's one of those guys now that he has cemented himself as one of those guys it's like even if you don't play all that great you're probably still going to get in
1: no i i don't we'll talk about this in our snubs but i don't think he deserved it yeah and i was i mean i'm kind of there with you and that's why i'm saying it's like is it's he one name of those recognition guys now? it's yeah it's name recognition is it the name guy you know? now? it's like and and i will make this argument later uh, as well, Brady, same scenario. But right. and, and not to say that Brady or Rodgers had bad seasons. They obviously have had good seasons. They're the right. two best right. quarterbacks they in didn't the league. They did play bad. But there are guys that deserve it over those guys. But because of their greatness and their established greatness, those are the guys that get in. And it, it makes sense. I don't like it, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree.
0: Um, but, yeah, other than that, everything else looks – Pretty standard to me. Yeah,
1: I mean, the 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 A, the NFC was pretty straightforward. i There wasn't really much like shocking out of this, you know. <laughs> like you said, right. it makes sense. I loved seeing George Kittle there too. Um, really, really liked that. Uh, so let us let, go to the defense then. So on the defensive side of the NFC, uh, some of the names that stuck to, out to me. Obviously, all the Bears, like all yeah, the Bears he. defensive uh, players: Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, uh, Kyle Fuller. Eddie Jackson, all making uh, Pro Bowls, which I thought was great. Uh, I, I love my boy Luke Kuechly as the inside linebacker yes. starter. Uh, he has the most tackles in the NFL since 2012, his first year in the in the NFL. So, uh, which I just think is awesome. I just love that guy. Uh, yes. So, uh, but other than that, I mean, this was this was pretty straightforward. I thought as well. Uh, but I loved seeing the bears, uh, the amount of bears players getting in. Obviously they've had such a dominant defense that they, they're it's well-deserved. Um, it's cool to see those young guys like the Eddie Jacksons and the Kyle Fullers getting looks.
0: Yeah. And I'm not kissing up to the, to the Panthers fan here, but Luke
1: Keekley is my favorite non bear player. Like oh, he's, good. He, he's, he's just he, he's just on- So good watching him on Monday night and how they talked about Keekley against Breeze and how Breeze basically said that like his, he has to trick Luke Keekley Like, like as a quarterback that you're thinking about the middle linebacker being like, I've got to make him think I'm doing something else because he's reading everything and he knows everything that we're going to do. He it, just adds such another level. uh Not not like physically, but just like so smart, so knowledgeable uh, and it reads the game so well. It's so much fun to watch. But, anywho, I'll yeah. stop talking about the one of the only bright spots out of my season, guys. Well,
0: I mean, and <laughs> I think the one guy I'm really happy to see in here is Daniil Hunter. Um, oh, oh,
1: yeah. Who's From Minnesota, played yeah. really
0: well and could have very easily been overshadowed by bigger names at that position. Oh, yeah. there's a, yeah. There's a lot of really good defensive ends right now, and he has played exceptionally well. And so I'm glad he didn't get overshadowed by those bigger names and that he got in he's still second in the nfl in sacks at 14 and a half only behind aaron donald who he's going to be playing next to in the pro bowl so right um a, a, a great job for daniel hunter uh, i'm glad to see him in um i'm also glad to see darius slay in i think one of the most underrated players in the nfl um he is a top 10 defensive back and probably a top 10 cornerback if not higher than that in the nfl right now it's um guys so underrated does has done a great job in Detroit all these years and even on a bad team has really performed well so glad to see him in
1: yeah for sure I I like me some Darius Slay he's a solid player definitely deserved the Pro Bowl so Mitch let's talk about the guys that deserved the Pro Bowl and didn't get it okay uh do you want to start with this do you want me to start with this Where do you You, want to go? You go ahead and start. Okay, cool. I got a few names. Uh, The first one, and probably the most obvious one to me, is Darius Leonard. Yeah. the, The rookie inside linebacker out of Indianapolis who leads the NFL in tackles and has led the NFL in tackles, like, the entire season. And it's not close, okay? Darius Leonard has 146 tackles, and second place is Keekly with 124. Yeah. So the fact that this guy... Does it make the Pro Bowl when and, and the selections instead of him in the AFC are C.J. Mosley and Bernardrick McKinney? Come on, come well, on! So
0: Luke Keekley is not, by the way, second in tackles. Uh, according to the NFL uh,
1: stats, it is, but
0: no, no, it's not. It's uh, Blake Martinez at one twenty-five, and that's my snub right there. Blake Martinez inside linebacker for Green Bay. Uh he has one hundred and twenty five tackles right now. Um, another one that I'm really mad didn't make it, and I think it's just because I, I know he was overshadowed by other names. And that's okay. But Leighton Vander Esch, I think deserved to get a look. I mean, that guy's played incredible. Especially yeah, in the absence yeah. of in, in in the absence of Sean Lee and um, I thought he maybe just deserved a look, but Blake Martinez, I think, defensively is my snub. Um,
1: okay, okay, I can feel that. I can feel that. Dev, I mean, you look at like Bobby Wagner there, and yeah, I I would feel okay with putting Blake Martinez in instead. Uh, but as, Bobby as Wagner's as the as name recognition. Bobby Wagner again, is, you know, right. Yeah, I think Bobby Wagner got in because of the name recognition. Oh yeah, but, yeah, so. I, th- I think that's another case of that. Um, okay, so let's talk about these quarterbacks. So I said this earlier. Uh. In the AFC, I have an issue with Tom Brady making it in over Andrew Luck. Uh, And basically, I said that Andrew Luck was going to be a Pro Bowler going into the season. He still will because one of those three quarterbacks is going to make a Super Bowl and therefore not be able to play in the game. And the next guy up has got to be Andrew Luck. But Luck is second in the NFL in touchdowns with 34. He does have 13 interceptions, but he's throwing the ball at a completion percentage of 67.3. And he is also seventh, tied for seventh with Philip Rivers in the NFL in passing yards with just under 4,000 yards. So, uh, to me, well-deserving over Brady. He's got slightly less yards than Brady. He's got 10 more touchdowns than Brady and only four more interceptions. And a, and a QBR that is slightly above his. So, I don't uh, see how Brady gets in and not Andrew Luck. I, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I mean, if we're I'm just looking at the numbers, like if you statistically, numbers are better. Yeah.
0: statistically Andrew Luck has been better. He Andrew acts. Luck
1: has a better completion percentage than Tom Brady too. Literally, the only I, thing Brady yes, has yeah, over him is higher. less he's interceptions and like twenty-eight more yards. That's it. Okay, so then why aren't we talking about Matt Ryan not getting in? Well, and that's and that's another one. You know, when you look at the NFC, because instead in the third of in Rodgers, third in passing in the NFL. I think I think what holds Matt Ryan back is the fact that he's on a losing team, you know, and, and I think that matters. I mean, if you have a great season, like you're going to get it. But as a quarterback, quarterbacks and winning go together. So you can't be a successful quarterback if you're not winning, and that's just how we see it. No other position is like that. So you're going to be judged on your stats, but you're also going to be judged on if you're winning or not. And that's why I think a guy like Russell Wilson should have got in over Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson's stats are comparable, if not better, than Rodgers have been all season. So do you think Russell Wilson sh- ha-
0: should have get in over Matt Ryan?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think uh, – yeah, I think – Russell Wilson should be the third guy with, with Goff and Breeze. I mean, the only thing that holds Wilson back is he's way low in pass attempts. He's only thrown 377 passes. And because of that, he only has barely over 3,000 yards, where guys like Matt Ryan have 4,000 yards, 4,300 yards. So By the, the way,
0: let's, the, let's point out Russell Wilson's touchdown-to-interception ratio is 31-6. to 6.
1: Right, and that and that's the thing. So only three thousand yards, but he's still thrown for thirty one touchdowns, and he has a QB rating of a hundred and eleven.
0: This is the year of the passer this year. I mean So
1: it's like you look at this and you're like, Why Rogers? Rogers is on a losing team. Yes, he has twenty three touchdowns to only two interceptions, which is and obviously that's amazing. Got him in. That's it, it's that coupled with the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers. But I like I I think you can make an argument for for Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers and I also think you can make an argument for Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers. So I had I had issues with those quarterbacks. Yeah, and if you're a listener of the show, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, I and mean, I I do
0: too. I I am a yeah, huge Aaron yeah. Rodgers supporter. I think he's the greatest quarterback to have ever played the game. But guys like Matt Ryan, guys like Russell Wilson, deserve to get in over him in the NFC. Andrew Luck deserves it over Tom Brady, even though, I mean, they're, they're further down the list as far as you know, statistically goes. But when you break down the statistics, they're better. They're better than those guys that got in. And it, it's, I don't know, it's, it makes me question the voting
1: system. It makes me question the voting system of who gets in. Yeah, I mean, just, just look at this, this for example. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 60 more passes than Cam Newton. Cam Newton has a, a completion percentage of six points higher than Aaron Rodgers and has thrown for one more touchdown. Now, obviously, Cam Newton has 13 picks to Aaron Rodgers, too. But, like, that's the only thing that makes Aaron Rodgers much better than Cam Newton, who's thrown 60 less passes than him and has more touchdowns. It's like, yes, the 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 ratio, the 23 to 2, I get that. But 23 touchdowns? Like, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton all have more than you. Mitchell Trubisky has the same amount as you. I, I don't know. Like, how does that guy get in I, if his name's not Aaron Rodgers?
0: It, yeah, it's the, na- it's the name recognition now yeah. at this point. I mean, yeah. that's
1: what gets it done. Um, Sorry, Packers fans. I mean, he's still a great player, obviously, but yeah. I just think there's some guys more deserving in the NFC, well, and, and the NFC's particular.
0: Well, yeah, and while we're on the topic of NFC snubs, let's talk about the running back situation.
1: I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: I mean now when you look at the running back cores in the Pro Bowl between AFC and NFC, the NFC is far stronger. I mean, miles stronger than the AFC is. AFC consists of James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. NFC consists of Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Where's Alvin Kamara and and more importantly, where's Christian McCaffrey? yes how do you get the? how do you get those guys in when they the the question is not should they have gotten in because obviously they should have gotten in but you can't blame these three guys for getting in you can't fault them because they obviously deserved it so how do you get two of the nfc's best players in
1: when i mean they're just outplayed how i mean how do you get those two guys in you don't, and that's what's sad about this. Obviously, Kamara and especially McCaffrey, they got snubbed. Just plain and simple, they got snubbed. But there's no remedy for this because there's only three spots for wide receiver or for running backs. And and, and how but can you call it, but you can you really call it snubs though? I mean, because look who they're losing out. But, to. And that's the thing. But like, here's the thing. So yes, uh, do 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 Barkley and Elliott and Gurley deserve to be in over Kamara and McCaffrey? Absolutely. Those are the three best running backs in the league right now. But number four and number five are Alvin Kamara and McCaffrey, and that's the issue is that you look at the AFC and Melvin Gordon, uh, deserving. James Conner, probably deserving. Philip Lindsay, over – you take any of those three guys and you pit them against Kamara and McCaffrey and you say those guys are more deserving, you just wouldn't – you couldn't say that. And so that's, yeah. that's where I have an issue is – there are obviously guys that are more talented that didn't make it, and, and it's just the the name of the game. I, I we talked about this a little bit before uh, we recorded, but maybe there maybe you add a flex position and you have two players where they could be wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, whatever it is. But you know, like we do in, in fantasy football, just a fle- just an offensive player that deserves the recognition, an offensive weapon. And Kamara and McCaffrey are the perfect examples of that because they are. Equally as good running backs as they are wide receivers. So the person... Perfect... Just, have, just have, two, have, two, I mean, have two flex guys. Right, to I mean, McCaffrey I mean... has 94 receptions on the year. Do you know where that ranks in the NFL? That's seventh. He's tied with DeAndre yeah. Hopkins for receptions. I mean, like, it's insane. So I think, yeah, I think you have to relook this. And I think we need to adopt what fantasy football has done with the flex position and add it to the Pro Bowl because I just, we we can't see guys like this getting snubbed. Uh, the, the, there's no. too much talent in the NFC at that position. And I think you can look at the AFC with the wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster definitely deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. And he's not because there's too much talent right. there. So let that man slide into a flex position. Now he gets the recognition he deserves. He gets that Pro Bowl that he deserves. And it doesn't, you know, it just adds a space for somebody like that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I 100% agree. Um, And I was actually going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster as another example of, you know vote in a running two running backs or two wide receivers or wide receiver and a running back that deserve that weren't going to get in in their position.
1: Yeah, I think um, Mike Evans is another example in the NFC. Mike a guy Evans. that was second in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh only 5 touchdowns and 74 receptions, but a guy that probably should have got looked at, you know, maybe probably that fifth guy on the list. So yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys too. I mean,
0: Robert Woods is another guy that maybe should have gotten looked at. Now, I don't think he's going to beat out those guys, right. but At least getting looked at, but he's not getting T y. looked Hilton. at. T Y Hilton, T Y Hilton, Stephon Diggs, yeah, not uh, getting in. So I, I... now Stephon's had a down year. He's been a touchdown-heavy guy, but he's he's had kind of a down year. But my my question for you, Dallin, is uh, what are some guys that you thought would be here at the
1: end of the year, going into the season, that aren't? Oh, guys that I thought would be pro bowlers odell odell i I I was i I was really high on odell Odell going into the season i i said he has the potential to be offensive player of the year um and the the giants have just been bad and i I don't think a lot of it weighs on him uh because you you can only do so much with eli manning as your quarterback uh so that's that's probably one there uh and i would probably say the other one i could think of off the top of my head is uh kareem hunt and obviously with the legal issues that he's had kicks yeah. him out of that. But, you know, going into the season, you're like, yeah, he's a, he's a pro bowl running back in the AFC he's for sure. You know? So, I mean,
0: if he, if he doesn't be an idiot and you know, he's a decent person and makes the pro bowl, Philip Lindsay, we're not talking right. about him. Yeah, we're exactly. Talking, yeah. About yeah. Um, what about you? But I, I think, I think for me, David Johnson was someone Ooh, I thought might yeah, be. Yeah. 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 Um. Because he had the broken thumb that kind of sidelined him the entire year last year because he was having issues with it. And it was a pretty bad break. It kind of went down into his wrist, so he wasn't able to play a whole lot. Um, And I thought, honestly, I think if he had the season I thought he was going to have, we probably wouldn't be talking about Zeke. Um, Mm. Because I think Saquon was such a weapon in New York that you can't deny his his Pro Bowl eligibility here. Right, right. And I, I think that... If Johnson had the year that I was thinking he was going to have, he would probably trump Zeke and get in as that third guy. So, I mean, David Johnson is the one that stuck out for me, that a guy that underperformed that I thought might be in this position at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. And obviously the, the Cardinals have been atrocious this year. And, I, you know, Absolutely I often. fired their offensive coordinator halfway through the season. So there's been a lot of reasons why Johnson hasn't performed at that level. But I think we've seen enough from him to know that, like, okay, the injury is not affecting him too much. He could get back to that uh if the scenario is right. right so which is good it's good news so absolutely yeah all right guys i think that's about it on the pro bowl we're gonna take a little bit of a break here uh give me break me off a little uh, a piece of that uh Kat bar uh <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> stupid uh anywho guys that was <laughs> we're gonna take a break <laughs> Uh, go do what you gotta do and when we come back we will be talking about last week in the NFL and our quick picks so stick around thank you guys for listening to the sports hour today be sure if you haven't already to follow our socials you can find us on Twitter at sports hour guys Instagram at the sports hour guys and you can like our Facebook page be sure to follow those socials. Interact with us. We want to hear from you. Now back to the show.
0: Oh, welcome back. What the hell was that? Came out. Of
1: mouth. What That's it was it? Yelp. I'm like a coyote. It was a, it was a Yelp. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go Rar. over uh, week 15,
0: right? <laughs> we got a week 15 recap.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, we're gonna look at this like we did last week in the and uh, with the playoff picture in mind. So obviously, focus on play, playoff teams. Uh, the rest of it doesn't really matter, for being honest. So let's just get to the good stuff. So let us start with uh, the biggest game last week by far: the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers, where the Chargers pull off a victory, uh, going for two, with at at the end of the game. Going for the win instead of overtime, ballsy move by Anthony Lynn, but uh, stupid moves that, that, uh, that you pull off make you look like a genius. They make you look like an idiot when they don't. But right now, Anthony Lynn, fortunately for him, is a genius. As the Chargers get the win, they tie record with the Chiefs, but because the Chiefs have a better divisional record than the Chargers, they still maintain the lead in the division and therefore the number one seed in the AFC. But Mitch, what did you see out of this game that was significant to you? Um, you know what? That
0: the Chargers are scraping by without a running
1: back. Scraping, Mitch. Why can't you say anything good about the freaking Chargers, man? They just I'm the Chiefs. kidding.
0: I'm kidding. I got hit the apology music.
1: <laughs> you got me so bad for a second. I was like, "Are we I know, doing this again?" <laughs> I know. I'm.
0: I'm getting ready to apologize here, Dallin. I'm getting ready to apologize. Allen, you were right. Chargers are a good team. They're they're really good. Philip Rivers is the man. Their defense is for real. Now, that being said, now it's over. Paul G, over, cut the music. <laughs> they will not go far without a running attack. They won't go far. No, no, I, they it, won't go not far sustainable. without Melvin Gordon back. Now they get Melvin Gordon back and I'll tell you what, Sleeper team in the Super Bowl AFC. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah.
1: They also won that game on Thursday with Keenan Allen going out in, like, the first quarter. So, without the number one, the clear number one receiver and without the running backs, they still won that game.
0: Yes. Yes, they did. Um, uh, The Chargers defense did this, by the way, without picking off Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes still made it a game without even throwing a touchdown to one of his wide receivers. Wow. So... That in mind, I still think the Chargers are a far superior team, or the Chiefs are a far superior team to the Chargers. But the Chargers could make a run. They could make a run. I'm not buying in on them all the way yet, but I'm about
1: 80% in on the Chargers. That's great. You know, here's the thing I will say. I. I think if I had to put money on it, I'd still put money on the Chiefs, but the Chargers are the most balanced team in the AFC. And that's what they have going for them. They can they can score, but they also have a very good defense. And the one thing that the Chiefs don't have is a great defense. Their defense has been enough. They have enough playmakers on the defensive side to 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 win games, obviously. They've won 11 games. Uh, but the, okay. the, but the, the that's that's the one weakness of the Chiefs. But the explosiveness of the offense still kind of puts them ahead for me. But the Chargers have by far the ba- the most balanced team in, in 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 probably all of football. If I'm being honest, like you w- really want to say I, that I would say I would I would say the Rams. But with the way the Rams offense have looked the last few weeks, I don't know if I can say that about the Rams right now. Right now, in this moment, I think the Chargers are the most balanced team in the NFL. Okay, that's all. I'm I not going to repr- I'm not going to reprimand you for that. I don't think it's that I, ridiculous. I mean, listen, not, the Rams not, and the Saints, with these great but offenses, have struggled over the last few weeks. I think you know? you, I think so. In the
0: long run, in the long run, you have to you have to put the Rams ahead of the Chargers, though, in the long run.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But the Rams got to get but some right offense now, together. Right now, right now mean, they lost to I Nick Foles I, last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. know, so. but in the in the long run, I
0: can't fault you for that.
1: Yeah, I can't yeah. fault you. Okay, for that. appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, um, let's talk about uh the Texans moving up, uh, and and securing the second seed, or not securing, but moving into that second seed in the uh in in the in the playoff picture, Mitch. What? What happened there last week for for the Patriots and then obviously for uh, for the Texans?
0: Well, the Texans got lucky and played the Jets. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> That's a very valid point. Hey, the Jets but, made it a game. That was, that was they didn't. They game. made it a game. They made it a game. Um, Deshaun Watson played very well. Twenty two for twenty eight, two ninety four and two. Um, obviously, you're gonna play well when you play the Jets. Not not a solid defense um deandre hopkins have yourself a game 10 for 170 and 2 yeah that was great Um, it's fun to watch a a, a outstanding game but what does what does this mean for the patriots because let's let's tidy these two games together okay because the patriots lose 17 10 to the steelers tom brady plays pretty well um but they were really stymied when it mattered and this, my question is because I think I know the answer to this, and I want to get your opinion. Are the,
1: is the Patriots dynasty dead? I, I, ooh, ooh, no, no, I can't. You can't call it dead yet until they flounder in the playoffs. We can't call it dead because the thing is, is they're still nine and five. They're still the third seed right now. And we, they, they, they're. It's not playoff football yet. What Belichick and Brady have done over the last twenty years in the playoffs is is remarkable. So until they can't win in the playoffs, that's when we can call it dead because I that's mean, been is their the calling first time card.
0: They've had five losses since two thousand and eight. Right, but like, look five, at-
1: five losses isn't bad. I mean, like, no, but you, you were, know, they're, they're I mean, probably going to go eleven and five. You know, so I mean they play Buffalo this week. I don't know who they play in week seventeen, but I mean, but also their 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 schedule hasn't been terribly
0: tough and they typically lose one or two games, sometimes more, to teams that they shouldn't lose to. What if they drop to the Bills or the Jets?
1: Then okay, if I mean if they if they I, I don't know. I just say no matter what their reg- – I mean, obviously, if they make the playoffs, that's important. But as long as they make the playoffs, it's it, what it's going to come down to for me is whether or not they can win in the playoffs. When they stop winning in the playoffs, when they stop making it to AFC Championship games, then we can have a conversation about it. But until then, I, I just can't because it doesn't mean anything. They could go 10-6, okay. and six, but they'll, they could still make the Super Bowl. Like, that doesn't rule I them mean, out, you know? Yeah, and
0: I, I mean, not to take the focus away from the Texans because – you know, obviously they're the two seed now, but I feel like this is more impactful on the Patriots this week. Oh, absolutely. that They dropped this game. Um, and I think I'm not going to say you can't start talking about it. I think you can start talking about it because this is a team that is at 10 or 11 wins right now. And they're not, this is a team that has been really good down the stretch and they haven't been. I mean, what they've dropped two out of the last three. Yeah, they
1: dropped two games in a row, right? Yeah, so one in Miami and now to the Steelers. And that's not that's not. This is the wrong time of the year to be losing. So I agree. It's concerning. I agree. It's concerning. I don't not, maybe. Maybe I, you can't <sighs> confirm
0: it. Maybe you can't confirm it yet. But it's something to think about. You got to wait till and the playoffs. I think you should. I think you have to prepare yourself for this Patriots dynasty to die. Oh, I mean, it's, I it, I...
1: it's going too soon. I don't know if this is the year, though. I just don't. Okay. I don't know yet. We'll find out, though, when they have to play either the Chiefs or the Texans or the Chargers, all of which I think are better teams than the Patriots right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, okay. Let's talk about just the Steelers briefly. Obviously, getting a big win against the Patriots is huge. Uh, with the Ravens playing Tampa Bay and obviously getting that win, the Steelers maintain their lead in the division. Uh, and that's the difference between a home game or a road game in the wild card. And so they're they're going to want that division win, and uh, getting the win against the Patriots is huge. Uh, so good showing for them, uh, eight five and one. They're they're kind of just hanging around. And the Steelers are another team like the Patriots where they they've just won so much and they've been so good in the playoffs that it's still a dangerous team no matter what. Like if I'm the Chargers, right. I don't want to be facing the Steelers <laughs> like at all. <laughs> <laughs> like right. you know just because it's still a good team it's still Mike Tomlin it's still Ben Roethlisberger it's still Antonio Brown and that's that's scary
0: yeah and I mean that's a complete 180 from what our opinion was of them 8 weeks ago Absolutely. I mean we were talking about how they weren't even a couple weeks ago last week we said the Ravens were still going to win that division which I, and,
1: I still think is possible Pittsburgh's I mean, got a possi- tough game this week
0: they do They do have a tough game this week. Who they they're uh,
1: uh, they're playing New Orleans and at New Orleans. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Baltimore also plays the Chargers this week at L.A. So neither of them have easy games. But I mean, yeah, it's not not it's gonna it's gonna be coming down to the wire. So
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Can we just for a minute talk about how the Browns could be over five hundred?
1: yes yes they got the win against the broncos right what's the record right now mitch uh six seven and one so they have two games left one against the cincinnati Bengals this week and then the final game against the ravens and we could really look be looking at a team that that went from oh and 16 to having a winning record the next season
0: uh, how insane turn- would that
1: be biggest turnaround in nfl history i i it, I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, there's only been one 0-16 team ever besides the Browns and that was the Lions. I don't know what they went that next season, but I can guarantee you it wasn't it was like six three, wins. It was like 3-13 and 13 yeah. or something like that. I mean, we, we talked about this team at 6-10. and 10. I think I had them at 6-10, and 7-9, and, and that would be a good season if they got to six wins. So the fact that they're already there and they have, I mean, at least one more win for sure against the Bengals put them at seven wins. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. So shout out to the Browns. They've really turned it around since firing uh, Hugh Jackson and letting Greg Williams and Baker Mayfield lead this team. And it's fun to watch. I'm hoping for an eight and seven and one season for the Browns.
0: Um. Yeah. So the Lions went zero and sixteen and 0-8, and then they went two and fourteen and zero nine. Oh, two so, and fourteen.
1: So wow. Yeah. Browns have already done done way better than that. <laughs> right.
0: So. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you know what? The Browns, the Browns to me are going to be a playoff team. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Well, Mitch Moe's bold prediction of the week. The Browns will be a playoff team next year. I think that they, uh, I think they have improved enough and I think they've established enough of a winning culture or at least a winning projection, um, to attract some bigger, better talent. To that team to help them perform in the coming season, so I could see them um, being a playoff team next year. It's not probably not going to happen this year. I mean, was it you said earlier? They have like a less than one percent chance of getting it's, into the playoffs. It's right not
1: now. zero, but it's less than one, and they also need the Titans and the Colts to tie in Week Seventeen. So. Not looking great, but uh, I will... If it does happen, it is the most improbable thing to ever happen in sports. Oh, absolutely. Here's what I will say about next season in the playoffs. I will reserve judgment on that until they get a head coach. I want to know who their head coach is before I say they're going to make the playoffs. Because that's going to be a huge factor in it. For me, at least. Okay. So... But Brown's looking good. Hey, let's talk about uh, real quick. The other two teams kind of in the hunt. Still, the Dolphins technically in the hunt, but we're not really going to talk about them. Colts and the Titans. Colts got a huge win last week, shutting out the Cowboys for the first time in like over like 300 games. Uh, 23 to nothing. Absolutely dominating. them boys. Uh, Colts are continuing to looking to look like a team not to be trifled with. Uh... Titans also got a shutout win. This one against the Giants, very much less impressive, uh, but seventeen to nothing to maintain their their spot there. Uh, Colts are the seven seed. Titans are the eight seed. So eight and six, along with the Ravens, still a lot of jostling that could be done in the in the uh, AFC uh, wild card picture.
0: Yeah, uh, the Colts continuing to prove me wrong. Um, I, if you know that I had my take. When they were one in five earlier this year, that they were not going to get into the playoffs, and they are sitting pretty securely right now in a wild card spot. So, um, not a team to be messed with, and a team that could be scary when you come if you face them in a wild card situation. Um, could knock out one of those top teams, one of those division winners um, in a wild card round. A team like the Steelers, uh, a team like the Texans, the Patriots. Um, I want to see
1: Patriots Colts Wild Card weekend and the Colts and Andrew Luck beating the Patriots at home. Like, like a I mean be on the road. That would just be so much fun. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go for it, that, guys. That'd be extra. <laughs> All right, Mitch, let's uh let's talk about the NFC, how about that?
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right. NFC. Where do you want to start? Let's start at the top. Um, let's start at the top. Well, unfortunately down, that means we're going to have to talk about your Panthers losing again. Yeah,
1: it's okay. We suck this year. It's all good. Cam um, Newton's and a,
0: and a absolute barn burner offensive
1: Oh, what a show. What a, what show. a show. Final <laughs> score 12 to 9. We had a we had a we had a pick two in the game and Christian McCaffrey throwing a 50-yard touchdown. Uh he's also I saw this stat. Uh this was really cool and I for the life of me I cannot remember the other player but Uh, Christian McCaffrey is the first player, the second player in NFL history to have 50 yards rushing, 50 yards passing and 50 yards receiving in a game. (laughs) And I think the other player, and and if I'm wrong on this, uh, don't kill me, but I'm pretty sure it's Walter Payton was the other one, but it's like, it's like literally there's only two players to ever do that, which is the only silver lining out of, uh, out of this loss.
0: Well, I mean, when you put yourself in company with old sweetness, Walter Payton, that's that's a pretty, that's pretty solid, uh, company to be in, to be around with. So, um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey far leading them in the receiving category eight for 67. Um, the next closest receiver was Jarius, Wright; He was three for 21. Um, not a good receiving. And then Chris Manhurts, who caught the 50 yard touchdown pass from Christian McCaffrey. Um, which, who the hell is Chris
1: Manhurts, by the way? Uh, yes, uh, the backup blocking tight end for the team. That's, like, really yeah. what he does. But Yeah. Uh, yes, it is It is Walter Payton. I looked it up. He's also – it's not the second. Uh, there are two other players. Tom Tracy did it in 1960 for the Steelers, and Billy Ray Barnes did it in 1958 for the Eagles. But, yes, it was Walt Payton, Walter Payton 1985. Uh, hmm. The year the year he did that, so just fun little fun the little 80, tidbit the, there. Uh, the yeah, eighty-five bears. What I, what I will say about the Saints is the offense has not looked good and it's continuing to struggle. Now Carolina played really good defense, but the fact that they could only muster twelve points is not a good sign, especially after losing to the Cowboys a few weeks ago and only score. You know, struggling against Tampa Bay until the third quarter last week. So, yes, they're 12-2. and two. Yes, they won their last two games, but I, I I worry about the offense. The defense looks good, but the offense needs to start scoring some more points. And they're going to have a tough game this week against the Steelers, who just held Tom Brady in that offense at 10 points. So, uh, Saints... Still the number one seed, but I, I, I'm not feeling like 100% confident in them.
0: All right, so moving on, Dallin, so you don't have to suffer and think about that Panthers loss anymore. Hey, 6-10, go
1: we got this. <laughs> let's go
0: to the Eagles-Rams game where the Rams lost the Eagles 30-23. The Rams currently the two seed in the NFC. Um, Big Dick Nick doing his thing without throwing a touchdown pass. Um is this some sort of nick Foles sorcery that we're seeing happening right now i mean because i think the more interesting topic here is the eagles and whether or not they can actually get into a playoff spot yeah we know we we, we know the rams are going to be there whether they're a two or a three right right um i'm they i mean there's still the possibility that the bears get in at a two seed if the rams drop and the Bears continue to win because the Bears hold the tiebreaker over the Rams by beating the Rams earlier this year. I mean, so the the more interesting topic right now is, will the Eagles win, get in with Nick Foles? Because Nick Foles will be the starter for the remainder of the season. I mean without really a a solid rushing attack. I mean, I,
1: I, no, I disagree. Jordan Adams has really emerged as a solid running back for them. See, you don't even know his name. It's Josh Adams. Well, there you go. And he was 15 for 28, 1.9 a carry. Okay. Well, against LA, it didn't work, but the last few weeks before this, as they've continued this run to get to where they're at, he has been a solid rushing attack for them. And that was my biggest concern when Jay Jai went out was where's the run game. And they got to have a run game because, honestly, that's part of what, how they got to the Super Bowl last year. It wasn't just Nick Foles throwing for 400 yards. It was a run game and a good defense. And right now, they've been able to get a run game and a good defense. So I I, I said earlier in the year that the Eagles would go 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs. And I am a man of my word. So I am sticking by it. They're going to win their last two games and make the playoffs. Where, where, will, will they win the division? Will they get a wild card? I don't know. They're gonna go nine and seven and make the playoffs. I'm sticking by that.
0: Yeah, I mean, i I think they'll get into the playoffs, and you, that would prove your one of your preseason predictions would be correct. Like you said, um, Eagles getting in at nine and seven. I don't. I, I I hate crediting this guy because I really don't care for the guy. But Michael Bennett has played really well mm-hmm. on that defense. Um, he was goose egged. In the stats category, in in all the statistics, this last week, but has really occupied space really well um, defensively for them, and I think that um, him and Chris Long and Heltoniata, that defensive line is really good, along with Fletcher Cox, right, the Pro Bowler, Pro Bowl starter, Pro Bowler Fletcher Cox, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, this has been a good defense, and I don't think the, but I don't think the ground game is good enough. I don't think it is. I think that. when you have to alternate between Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and then Darren Sproles, um, not ideal,
1: not <laughs> ideal. But
0: you know, Josh Adams hasn't been also has not been
1: terrible. So um, you know, if they could beat the Rams, they could beat anybody. Believe. Fly eagles Everyone. fly. <laughs> hey, people thought they weren't going to get
0: through the Vikings, and they absolutely torched the Vikings last year. So we'll see. And that was a Nick Foles performance. That was a that was a right. Nick Foles game there. So we'll yeah. s- we'll see what happens. I mean, they have Alshon a... Jeffrey is going to be the key to this offense.
1: Yeah, they got to get eight for, eight for 160, 20 yards of reception. And they need last week. maybe not one hundred sixty yards receiving, but they need those types of performances. One hundred yards over six catches. Like they need him to be very productive.
0: And have Golden Tate be his – be his, you know, the, the Robin to his Batman. Right, um, right. And then Zach Ertz continue to do what he's done all year long, be the most reliable tight end Absolutely. Football, so. Hey,
1: it's not out for the Eagles. I mean, they have a big game against the Texans at home this week. This is the season. They got to win this game, and they're playing every game like it's their last because it pretty much is. So – I, I I don't know. I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it. The Rams I I am a little concerned I'm with because of the because of the scenario that you presented earlier. Uh the, the Bears tiebreaker means that if the Rams drop another game and the Bears win out, they will take over as the second seed. Now the Rams have uh the uh the Arizona Cardinals this week, so not a whole lot to worry about in week 16. Week 17, however, they have the stingy, the mighty 49ers. So Rams looking pretty good uh, to to maintain the second seed. Uh, but th- there's still a chance, obviously. Uh, but you, you don't think that the Rams are going to drop any of their last two games.
0: No, but I think, honestly, with as much as Todd Gurley has cooled off over the last several weeks, and Jared Goff going into this game over the last – in the previous two games, before this game against the Eagles, he was one touchdown, five interceptions, and a 33.3 quarterback rating over the previous two games. And this game, he threw another interception. So now he's one touchdown, six interceptions over the last three games. Todd Gurley, another not I mean, he had the two touchdowns, but did not run the ball exceptionally well. Um, you're He caught the ball very well, 10 for 76. But... Um, you're, you need to get that's not a sustainable that's not sustainable right we, we've we we've seen it happen too often where they have one option one option that maybe gets them through the rest of the regular season and then they get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs because they have no one else to go to and everyone's keying on that one guy um for me robert woods and josh reynolds are gonna have to get it going they're gonna have to get it going without Cooper Cup. There, those two are gonna have to be the leaders in that defense, and Tyler Higby's gonna have to show up as well. And so, I I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill battle. As weird as it sounds, it's gonna be an uphill battle for the Rams, even playing the
1: Cardinals and the Niners. I don't think to so. hold I, to that, I think this is hold the, on to that two seed. This yeah. is the ideal scenario if you're the Rams. You've struggled, and the last two games, you get arguably the two worst teams in the, two of the worst teams in the league for a chance to just get the mojo back before the playoffs and and get the get it all moving in the right direction. they've had a tough stretch of games and they've obviously struggled in those games, losing to the Bears, losing to the Eagles, but those aren't easy teams to beat and now they get a break. they get a breather, they get to win some games, get their mojo back offensively and move that towards the playoffs. Uh, I think this is an ideal scenario for the Rams and I think they'll be okay. So so something to think about is do you bench your guys in week
0: 17 if they struggle in week 16 or do you No, play no them no, you got to play them. Hope, you got to play them.
1: Hope, hoping that they get that rhythm. Yeah, through. you have to because the thing is is you do not want to go into the postseason, especially if you have the bye. You don't want to go into that having played a stinker and then getting bench week 17 and then having another week off because you have the bye and then waiting you know like no you you right. got on I'm on and I'm
0: on the same boat as you, yeah. but I just wanted to know, like, right, right. you know, if we're on the same page as that because you got to play your guys all 17 weeks now because they've been in such a bad rhythm,
1: recently. Well, and you're also fighting for that number two seed, so you can't afford to lose week 17. No, that's a first round buy. You, you have to, I mean? right? For that. So yeah, they're, they're playing. The Bears could yeah. win out, and then you're in trouble. Right? I mean, exactly. So they're 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 playing. They're playing out, and they're and they're trying to secure that that number two seed. So speaking of the Bears. Uh, let's let's briefly talk about them uh last week getting the win over the Packers. Uh a good solid win. The Bears continuing to 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 succeed and clinched not only the division, but a playoff spot uh huge for Chicago. Obviously better than we thought they were gonna be this year. Uh it's great to watch and a very obviously a very dangerous team going into the postseason. Guys, I would like to welcome the polar bear singers.
0: Yeah. Bear down. All right. Guys. Kings of the North. We got it done. We have clinched the NFC North, the Chicago bears. They're currently sitting at the three seed. Um, a, a good win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I know the Packers have been underperforming the entire year, but a good quality win. I think, um, for these guys, uh, anytime you beat Aaron Rodgers is a quality win. So, um, good job on the part of the Chicago Bears. Um, if we want any chance, though, Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to continue to play the way that he did, and Jordan Howard's going to have to continue to be able to grind out tough yards, um, which is what he's done over the last couple weeks. Um, and so, and then defensively, I'm not worried. I'm not worried defensively. This is the best defense in football. This is the best defense in the NFC, and um, continue to grind this stuff out.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the key, is can the offense do enough? That's going to be the formula for the Bears. Defense right. is going to win the game. The offense has to do enough, and it and, it, and they're going to rely on Cohen and Howard to, to keep that offense moving and Trubisky to be mistake-free, and we've talked about this before. Uh, they're in prime position probably going to be the three seed going to face off against a six seed, maybe Minnesota, maybe Philadelphia. Uh, but they're going to have that home home field advantage in the, in the wild card round. And, uh, that that's going to be huge for them moving forward. Yeah.
0: And not to dwell on Philadelphia, but I would much rather face Minnesota than Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Much rather face Minnesota. So I hope Minnesota gets the six seed. Yeah. Because I would now, I mean, there's obviously other teams that I would rather play than Minnesota. Um, Teams like the Panthers, um, teams like the
1: Redskins. Well, sure, Josh but, Johnson,
0: that'd be great. <laughs> but it, but I mean, you could pretty much lock up who's going to the playoffs in the NFC right well, now. No, I think
1: there, there's there's just there's three teams fighting for those. Well, oh, actually, for four because you can count the Cowboys in this. Eagles, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings are kind of just yeah. You know, one three out of those four teams are making it in. So right, you and know, I, but if you when you look at the six. I mean, it's
0: really going to be Eagles Vikings. That's the kind of the six seed, right? Team it's right one now. of those, yeah. So I I would much rather face the Vikings for sure, for sure, at any day of the week, uh, because I know that they could they could take on a a, a case Ke- or a, not a Case Keenum lead, up. <laughs> Kirk Cousins led offense.
1: Yeah, so. for sure. All right, uh, we talked about the Cowboys already uh, losing twenty three to nothing. Not a good look. Uh, they're going to need to bounce back here uh, because they. St- only have a game lead over those Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, And they have a game this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a good chance for Dallas to, to maintain their lead in the NFC East. And with Philly having the tough matchup against the Texans, a good chance to clinch the division and their playoff spot this week. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, the Seahawks lost to the Niners, which was weird. I also guessed it right because I am a genius. Uh, just kidding. I just thought the sea, and this is what I said last week, Mitch made fun of me for picking the Niners at home. I said that the Seahawks, coming off of some big wins, were going to look past this game against the Niners and towards this game on Sunday night against Kansas City in Seattle. And they did exactly that. They did exactly that. And the Niners played well and give them credit. There's they're kind of a tough 4-10 team, but uh, they just look past this game cuz there's a big game coming up, a chance for the Seahawks to kind of prove themselves as one of these good teams. Uh, and they 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 lost their chance to to clinch a playoff spot and now at 8 and 6, with Kansas City up up this week, they could fall to 8 to 8 and 7 and possibly out of the playoff picture. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is a big week and a huge loss for the Seahawks. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, though. I think because I mean, let's so let's look at their last two games. They play the Chiefs.
1: Right. Uh, so let's which... say they lose next week to the Chiefs because that's a very likely scenario. As good as they are at home, as good as they are, like losing to the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs are a very good team. So let's say they get to eight and seven. Then they play the Cardinals. So you're yeah, so you're nine and seven probably right. I'm not going to answer that because that's
0: going to come up in our quick picks. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's a likely that is that is a possibility. That so they end then, up at nine and 7 right,
1: so then you look at that. Let's say the Eagles went out; they're nine and seven. I don't know what the tiebreaker is there, but. Maybe the Eagles get that. Vikings went out. They go 9-6-1. and one. Now they move to the fifth seed, and instead of having to play the Cowboys, which I think the Seahawks would prefer, maybe they end up as the sixth seed and play the Bears, which would not be ideal. So I the the loss is well, huge just because of how it brings them back down to the field. Let's throw this out. What if the Eagles win the division? The Cowboys are playing the Bucks, who win weird
0: games, and they're playing the Giants, who win weird games. What if the Cowboys go 8-8? Eight Oh, I don't. And the, right. and the Eagles win. And the Eagles win that division. Then the, who has the, the tiebreaker between the Seahawks? No, the Seahawks go nine and seven. Now the Cowboys are out. The Seahawks are
1: in. Oh, now it's Eagles Seahawks. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This loss just it just complicates it. They had a chance mixed it up. to yeah. get a win, an easy win, get to nine <clears throat> and five, secure a playoff spot, and and secure the fifth seed. Basically, at nine and five, they would have basically, you know locked in their fifth seed. Uh, but now they've put that in jeopardy with a loss uh, against the Niners. So we'll keep an eye on them. Vikings beat the Dolphins last week to get to 7-6-1 and, and keep that sixth seed alive. So uh, we've talked about all these games, these big games coming up this week. Mitch, it is time. Oh, it's Let, time. Let's get into these picks and how about you update the people on where we are at. Guys, we are in a
0: nail-biter right now. Dallin went one up on me last week. I was 8-8. Eight eight, he was 9-7, which brings both of our season-long records to 132, 89, and 2, which, by the way, I got to applaud us for picking games so well throughout the course of the year. I mean, really, we have picked games exceptionally well. Um, but when it comes to shaving your head – you start to get a little cutthroat. You start to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of competitive juices flowing. And, Dallin, I'm not going to lose to you. I am
1: not going oh. to lose to you. Well, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, my friend. Better, better get ready to shave that head. If I, I, told you, if I
0: shave my head, I can't be did get the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, hey, I
1: said you have to be. I told, I told him he had to be Brian Erlacher Then I was like, we're gonna be bald. <laughs> then he just got to be Brian Urlacher, I guess. Yeah, but then I got to get
0: rid of my facial hair, and then it shows off my five chins, and we don't want to <laughs>
1: do that. No one wants to see that. Oh let's man, get in to our quick picks, though, shall we? Absolutely. I will start us off. Let's start it off with this matchup here. Uh, the Redskins at the Titans. Uh, Josh Johnson is still the quarterback for the Redskins, and therefore the Titans will get the win at home.
0: Yeah, I got the Titans at home as well. Um, still a, a top-notch defense against a really not very good Redskins offense. So, um, Dallin, no butt, no tattoo on your butt cheek this year. I don't think,
1: bro. Um, I dodged a flipping bullet. Thank Jesus. Thank Allah. Thank Oprah. Thank everybody. <laughs>
0: Thank Oprah. <laughs> Thank them all. Thank them all. Yeah, I got the tight. I got the Titans at home. Um, it's kind of a no-brainer on this one. But it's been a weird NFL season. Who knows? We'll see if that's an upset or not. Uh, glad we're picking the same team here, though. So it's a wash. Um, following that game, we have Baltimore. They are traveling down to the city of Angels to take on the Chargers in front of all thirteen of their fans.
1: And they're, I ha- in fact, all 13 of their fans are all of Philip Rivers' kids and his wife. That's it. Do you
0: think all 13 <laughs> of their fans wear like those half jerseys where it's like half Jared Goff jersey, half Philip Rivers no, jersey? No, no, I'm <laughs>
1: telling you. The the 13 fans in, in the stands are all of Philip Rivers' children. Oh, they're, that's all, right. they're all rocking Philip Rivers jerseys because that's, that's the only Chargers fan. No, they're not. They're not wearing Philip, Jer- Philip Rivers
0: jerseys. They're not. They're wearing LA Galaxy jerseys, okay? <laughs> they're wearing LeBron jerseys. Zatlan Ibramovich <laughs> they're, jerseys. They're not fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But regardless of whether they have fans there or not, or you know, even if one of Phillips River's 27 children show up, I have the Chargers winning at home over the Ravens. Um, I have already apologized to Dylan. The Chargers are good. They're a good team. They're for real. Um, I think they're going to beat the Ravens
1: at home. Guys, sometimes I say things and then I contradict myself. I'm picking the Ravens in this game.
0: Get out of my ass.
1: <laughs> listen, Get out of my ass. Listen, I, I I don't know. I just don't know about this. They Coming off a big win like they did against the Chiefs uh, and then playing on Saturday – uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like the Ravens. I like the Ravens pushing for a playoff spot as well. Uh so yeah, I have Baltimore in this game. Saturday night. Okay. Saturday night! Alright. Uh the next game we have Tampa Bay. This is Sunday, guys. Sunday Tampa Bay morning. traveling to the to Jerry World. Uh Ooh. Tony Romo's graveyard. Uh to take on the Dallas Cowgirls. That was another stupid joke. I tried it twice, yeah. it didn't work either time, but. <laughs> um I've got Dallas in this game. That's it. That's what yeah. I got. Yeah. 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 Me too. I got Dallas
0: in this game. Um t- Now, this is now let me backtrack a little bit here. Uh, Tampa Bay wins weird games. So this is one of those games where I could see an upset. It'll probably be but- a close game. It could be a close game, but I I got Dallas. That defense is really good, and so Very I true. think against a struggling true. Bucks offense, um, even though they're still probably what probably top five in yardage throughout the whole year. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, I got I got the Cowboys at home. Following that, we have the Minnesota Vikings. They are traveling up to Motor City to take on the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. I have the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Um, the, 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 lions are not a good team. Uh, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback on a bad team. And so I have the Vikings at on the road. Sorry.
1: No, yeah. For the, the sake of a complicated playoff picture going into week 17, I really want Minnesota to lose, but the lions are so unpredictable this season that I can't make myself pick them. Uh, so yes, I also had Minnesota. Uh, my sick, my future six and 10 Carolina Panthers are hosting the Atlanta Falcons at home. Tyler Heineke, hinky. He's the backup quarterback of my favorite team. I don't know how to pronounce his last name and he's going to lead them to a loss. I have Atlanta in this game. Yeah. So, um,
0: I made this pick without taking the cam Newton thing into consideration. You Stick with it, boy. Keep pounding. But I, have, I- I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna take the Carolina Panthers um, in a six to three victory. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say the defense is good. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> it's nine, gonna be a six to three victory. Nine to seven or something. <laughs> it's gonna be something bad.
0: Um, oh, I love it. So, but I'm I'm not going to go back on my pick. I will stick with my pick. I didn't take the Cam Newton thing into consideration, honestly. So, I'll stick with it. Um, Panthers at home against the Falcons. Um, following that, we have. The Texans, they're living. They're leaving the Lone Star State to head to the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I got the Eagles at home against the Texans. Um, I think this Eagles team is going to get in at 9-7, so they better beat the Texans here.
1: Mitch, we're on the same page. We're on, we're on the Nick Foles train, man. I got the Eagles as well. Uh, I just, I don't know. They're fighting for something right now. And every game's a must-win game. And coming off a big win against the Rams, I'm feeling a home win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Next game, the New York Giants traveling to the red-hot, the red-hot Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Energy Stadium. I've got Indianapolis in this game. No way they lose. No way. Yeah, I-
0: The Colts are screaming hot right now. I mean, ah, who hot? Ah, it's hot. Can't touch it. Ah, who too hot? Too hot. That was stupid, Mitch. Yeah, I. You've made stupid jokes. I'm gonna make a stupid joke. I got the Colts at home at Lucas Oil Energy
1: Stadium. Glad I'm Um, not the only one making stupid jokes. That's all I gotta say.
0: Following (laughs) that, we have the Cincinnati Cats. They're just cats now. They're not (laughs) Bengals. They're not fierce enough to be Bengals. They're just kitty cats. They're headed down to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. I got the Browns. They're getting a 500, baby. They're getting a 500 this weekend and
1: they're doing it against the Bengals at home. Yeah, I, I I got Browns. I expect them to win by by two touchdowns. Oh, not even close. Yeah, like huh? 28-13. Yeah, I, I, I want to yeah. make a statement, beat a division rival big. That'd be awesome. So
0: I want that Browns defense to just teabag Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Just. <laughs> just
1: over and over and over, over again. Over and over and over again. Yeah, I love it, Mitch. Okay, okay. Uh, an AFC East matchup. Buffalo traveling to the reeling New England Patriots. <laughs> uh, losers of two straight. Uh, despite that fact and despite... The fact that Josh Allen is Michael Vick reincarnated in a white man's body. I have the New England Patriots at home. Yeah, I got the Pats. I got the Pats. It's
0: I mean, they're they're It's they're still win Tom Brady. It's still Tom Brady. He even sold his he's soul he's to the devil. Years he's never old. gonna okay. die. He's never gonna <laughs> die. Um following that game, uh, we have Green Bay. They're living leaving the Cheeseheads over there in Wisconsin. To take on the New York Jets, uh, I have Green Bay on the road. Um, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is still a factor, and so uh, you can't count him out. And the Jets are pretty terrible, so I'm going to take the Packers on the road.
1: I have the Jets at home. Get the, the, here. the Jets have something to win for, and that's pride in a young team. The Packers have nothing to win for. Uh, in fact, it's better for them to lose. You think it the means Jets have better. pride? Yeah, they've played really tough over the last few weeks. They played a tough Texans team uh, last Saturday. They got the win the week before. Yeah, they have pride. Sam Darnold has pride. They want to prove that they're an up-and-coming team. The Packers are better off losing out anyways. So I have the Jets at home. Okay. To each their own. All right, next game. Is this Cody, 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 Kes- you know, honestly, I think Atlanta Carolina probably is the garbage game of the week. Uh, but this is like the runner-up. I guess I don't, I, maybe even Green Bay, New New York, but
0: I don't know. I this one's pretty bad.
1: All right, let's play the kill kill the music. This is just this is just hot garbage, straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. All right, we've got Cody Kessler and the Jags leaving the swamps of Jacksonville, traveling down the coast to Miami at to Hard Rock Stadium to take on. The Miami Dolphins. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. In a, oh, in a close game, 13-10. to 10. Dallin, I have some news for you, bud.
0: We might decide who's shaving their head after this week. Is that right? Um, because we are awfully different on these ones. I, I got the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins at home. I, as bad as they are. The Jaguars have been really, really bad, and Cody Kessler is not a good football player. Like he's just not good at football. Um and so I'm taking the Dolphins, probably in a close one, at home. Um weather's obviously not a factor. They play in the same state, so it's not like a cold weather team's coming to a warm city. It's I got I got Miami. That's, that's All right. the way it goes. Your funeral. Oh, I get to call this one. Guys! <laughs> The Bears are leaving the Windy City to head over to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Y- you know what I always say every week. You got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Bears. You got to pick the Bears on the road against the Niners.
1: Bears. All right. You know, Niners coming off a big home win last week against a, a division rival a team that has tormented them over the last few years and the seahawks now they face the bears and i'm feeling pretty good about the niners don't do but it. not good enough i'm a bears fan now yeah suckers. baby <laughs> chicago shutting out the niners shutting 20, them out 24 huh? to nothing
0: At a boy i like the sound <laughs> of that
1: that's a good one. We love shutouts over in Chicago. We do, we do, I, uh, fellow Bears fans. Uh, yes, I don't know how uh, many of you guys okay. are
0: Bears fans that listen, but
1: but Mitch you and I heard. have been Bears fans since the beginning. Obviously, uh, everybody knows yeah. that about well, I me. I have been now. Everybody Mitch. knows that about me, Mitch. It's just been a common knowledge. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Anywho, uh, the Rams looking to bounce back after a tough week in Philly, traveling down to some uh, some some nice weather, some heat down in Arizona. And to take on the Cardinals, one of the worst sports names, by the way, Uh, the Rams are going to get a win here, bounce back against uh, these lowly Arizona Cardinals. I thought long and hard about this one, actually. No, you didn't. Come on. Come on. I thought long and hard
0: about it. Um, I thought long and hard about how many points the Rams are going to beat the (laughs) Cardinals by.
1: Um,
0: And I came to the conclusion that it might be at
1: least 23. 23. Oh, 60 to 7? Is that what we are thinking?
0: <laughs> no, no, 70 to 6 actually. Could you imagine uh,
1: how cool that would be? If the Rams just like bounced back and just dropped like 65 points on the Cardinals just as like an I, F U we're still the best team in the NFL. Like come well, at us. That'd be see, so but I dope. think sh-
0: I think Sean McVay still the golden boy of the NFL. I think he has too much of a heart to do that. I know, the Cardinals?
1: I know. It would just be cool. It would be cool. I'm not I'm not disagreeing
0: <laughs> with you um but yeah I, I I got the Rams I got the Rams against the Cardinals um following that uh, might be game of the week might be game of the week here um this one or the Pitts- Sunday night it's they're pretty close Pittsburgh traveling down to the big easy Nollins to take on the New Orleans Saints I'm gonna take the Saints at home um I think they're a team that goes 14 and two um so I am gonna take the Saints at home. Probably in a closer game um, because the Steelers can hang around offensively. Saints defense isn't that great. So a higher scoring affair, but not out of control, like 31-27. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. But the, I think the Saints take this one. Yeah, I have the Saints as well. The Steelers obviously with the big win last week, but I uh, the Saints are the better team. Uh, they've got to get some stuff going offensively, uh, and I think we're going to see it now that they get to go home. In are in the in the uh, the Superdome, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna get a win against the Steelers, and yes, they're gonna go fourteen two because they have the Panthers in Week seventeen, so uh, they will go fourteen and two. So, uh, all right, we have the Sunday night game. This is probably, I think, the marquee matchup this week. Sure, Kansas it sure City is. traveling to the Hawks Nest, Seattle, Washington, the home of the hipsters, and also Whoop. Pete Carroll. Uh, I have Kansas City in this game. I think Seattle's a great team. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, a tough game, but Chiefs are just too explosive. They're too explosive, and as good as the Seahawks' defense have been, the Chiefs are going to be able to get it done. I'm saying, like, 30 to 24. Your
0: your parents are regular listeners of the podcast, aren't they? Uh, but- at least semi-regular. I hope they're listening this week, and if you, you should probably text them so that they could hear this um, when you we're done editing this and post this up. Um, Dennis Christine, get that 12th man flag waving. I'm taking the Seahawks. Wow. The wow. Chiefs are going to lose one more game this year, and this is the game the Seahawks are too damn good at home. They're too good. They don't travel well, but they're too good at home. And you know what? The Chiefs are going to get shut down. They're going to score under 20 points. Wow. They're going to score under 20. Oof. Pat Pat Mahomes might throw two touchdowns, but they're not
1: getting more than that. I'm going to take the Seahawks at home. All right. Yeah, we are very different on some of these picks, Mitch. This is going to be an interesting week, to say the least. (laughs) Yes. All right. Oh. It's your turn. Monday night. Oh, yeah. So,
0: following that, why? Rounding up the week, week 16 of the NFL. Probably the worst Monday night game of the
1: season. And it's the final one. Why didn't, why was it Panthers, Saints, the final Monday night game?
0: Why are they not thinking
1: ahead? Why are they not thinking ahead
0: with this? Like,
1: don't put a garbage game.
0: In your last Monday night game of the season. Well, I don't to be fair,
1: this. the Raiders were supposed to be pretty, like, decent this they year. Were, they were supposed to be pretty decent. So, it could have yeah. been a decent matchup, but then John Gruden been. had to happen.
0: Maybe yeah. we'll but see this Nathan is a, Peterman
1: uh, in the game. That'd be, that'd make it interesting.
0: But guys, a little Christmas treat for you. A little Christmas Eve treat for you on Christmas Eve. Obviously. Yeah, for Don't. all
1: you naughty people out there. If you've been bad this year, you have to watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You get Cole and a Broncos and a- Raiders matchup. <laughs> on Monday Night Football. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Thanks, Santa. Gosh. Um, yeah, we got the Broncos. They're traveling over to Oaktown uh, to take on the Oakland Raiders. I have Denver on the road. Um,
1: yep, that's where I'm at. Yeah, Denver on the road for me. Guys... This could and most likely will be the very last game the Raiders play in Oakland. Yes. This is it. And what a what a terrible way to go out of Monday night football against the the Broncos. But,
0: but. how symbolic at the same time.
1: So because of that, part of me says maybe they get the win. Maybe they just eke out a win against another bad team to just kind of be like, yeah, here you go Oakland. See ya see you soon Anchorage, Alaska. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I still took Denver, obviously. Oh, okay. I'm not stupid. But I'm just saying, because of that factor, part of me thinks, well, maybe. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Anywho, guys, that is our quick picks. We will update you next week on the standings as we'll round into week 17. And, Mitch, it is tight. Tied. This is, like, stressful now. Like, we talked about, like, what if we tie in the regular season? We'll have to pick playoff games. Like, this could get interesting.
0: Well, and I honestly thought that, like, at this point in the year, one of us might mathematically be out. But we've been really like-minded in a lot of picks. And so I think that's kept us around. Um, And then we've kind of won where we needed to win. Both of us have. Like, I needed to win here. You needed to win here. And so it's kind of kept us around, and now we are sitting week sixteen deadlocked tied. Um, and then now we have what like five or six games that differ. So yeah, hopefully not one of us hits on all six because I would love to go into week seventeen super close. That'd be fun. So yeah,
1: <laughs> that um, would be but,
0: very fun. But I uh, I I know I took some risks this week, so I'm gonna. I might get so did
1: I I don't know we'll find out guys Uh, and we'll obviously keep you updated but thank you for sticking around for this episode of the sports hour we appreciate the support from you guys Uh, because this is the last episode before Christmas we want to wish you a Merry Christmas that's right and I hope you enjoy your time with your families away from work Uh, time to just uh, enjoy uh, the company that you have around you uh, and to feel the love of one another as human beings, I think, is a very special thing about the holidays.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's not forget the real meaning of Christmas here. Um, we we thank you guys for listening. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we are going to take that week to spend time with our families. Um, we will be, be back just before the new year, I think. I think yes, we're sh- we,
1: we will give you an episode before New Year's.
0: Yes, because we have a couple things in mind that we want to touch on before we head into 2019. I'm ready to put 2018 behind me. Bam. Oh,
1: yeah. Dump it. Let's go. I am uh, I, I am right there with you. So, guys, again, again, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, we will see you uh, before 2019. That's right. See ya.